0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As we approach the end of the year, I think a lot of people are thinking about well, what's next? How am I going to make sure that next year I can really make progress on my business and towards my goals and dreams? We know 2020 has been a bit unpredictable, (laughs) to put it lightly. And so now that we're looking ahead towards 2021, what can we do to really make sure that we're on track to Create in our business what we want to. That's what we're talking about this week on the Wellpreneur podcast. I'm going to take you through a process to plan your wellness business for 2021, specifically focused on marketing. Now, if you would like to go further with planning your marketing for your business, then I encourage you to check out my Wellpreneur planner on Amazon. It's a companion to the Wellpreneur book, and in the Wellpreneur Planner, it takes you through step-by-step step to create a 12-month marketing plan for your wellness business. You can get that on your local Amazon site. Just search Wellpreneur Planner. So have fun with this planning process. And of course, if you'd like any support, come connect with us in our Wellpreneur community group on Facebook. There are over 6,000 wellness entrepreneurs from around the world in there. And I think a few of us will be doing some planning over the next few weeks. So hope to see you in there. So let's get straight into planning your business for the next year. Planning your business. Is that something that makes you excited or you're thinking like, oh, I don't really want to make a plan. I know that for wellness entrepreneurs, you can really feel both ways about it. Some people are total planning geeks. I'm kind of a planning geek, to be honest. I really love dreaming big and then trying to break it down into actually how is that plan going to happen. But for a lot of wellpreneurs, I know they can feel like, you know, I left my corporate job because I didn't want to have all these rules and structure. Like I want to be able to do what I want to do. And people can be quite resistant to planning. Another reason I can see that people are resistant is because they're scared, like they don't know what to plan. They don't have a big vision, so they don't have a direction they're going in. Or, and this might sound a bit counterintuitive, but sometimes people feel like, well, what if I make a plan and then I don't achieve it? Am I a total failure? Like if you don't plan, then maybe you'll feel like, oh, I'll feel like I'm doing okay the whole time. So my point of view and from my experience working with clients over these past few years is that those wellness entrepreneurs who make a plan are really the ones that are going to be successful. And that's because you don't end up spinning your wheels doing a thousand different tasks that are bringing you in different directions. The value in my mind of having a plan is that it focuses your energies in a single direction. So as you define your big vision and really get clear about what you want to create in your business, but also what your life is going to look like, what kind of activities you want to be working on, then you can decide those steps that are actually it's going to take to get you there, right? Rather than just trying everything. Like we tend to get really distracted by shiny objects, especially in online marketing. It's like, oh, Facebook groups are the new thing. Oh, now it's Facebook live. Oh, wait, now it's Snapchat. And we kind of run all over the place hearing all these ideas that worked so well for different online entrepreneurs. And it's really distracting. The secret is that actually nobody's successful doing all these different things. So you don't have to be either. It's like for one person, webinars are how they really crush it. But for somebody else, maybe it's Facebook lives or maybe it's Pinterest, but usually people are just doing one of those things or maybe two of those things and really mastering them. You don't have to do it all. And this is the value of a plan is it really helps you to focus in on those few activities that you're really going to take ownership of and that you enjoy doing and that match with your strengths and that are going to get you the best results. So our goal in life is not to work the most, right? I know many of us love what we do. We love to work. That's totally cool. That's great. But your goal isn't to work as much as possible, right? Your goal is to make a big impact. And you don't need to keep working harder and harder and doing more in order to do that. And that's what our planning is going to help us to really focus down on. So I've got a process for planning that I use for myself and that I use with my clients. It's really a marketing plan. So this step, that this process that I'm going to take you through is going to help you figure out your online marketing plan for your business for the next year. So the first place to start with our planning of our business for the next year is to take a look at last year and what actually happened. Now, this can be something that a lot of people want to skip. Maybe you weren't happy with it last year and you just kind of want to ignore it. Maybe you did really well last year and you're just ready to grow and move on. Maybe you're not sure where to find the numbers, right? Whatever case you're in, I'd really encourage you to take 30 minutes and go back, dig out the numbers, go into your PayPal, ask your accountant, look on the back end of your website, like dig out these numbers about how you actually did last year, because that information is going to really help us to focus for the upcoming year. So specifically, here are the things I want you to look at. I want you to take a look at your revenue numbers for the last year. So what did you sell? How much did you sell? right, across everything that you sold. So maybe you sold one-on-one coaching, you sold a group program, you gave some yoga classes, you sold an ebook, you had some affiliate sales, whatever it is, gather up all those numbers so that you can see a total of how much revenue did you make in the last year. Then I also want you to assign that revenue by product so you can see, well, how much money did I make through coaching? How much did I make by giving talks? How much did I make from yoga classes? How much did I make in Amazon affiliate fees? This is really important because it can show you how much time are you spending to make each kind of revenue. So for example, you might sell some affiliate fees, for example, like by referring people to buy books on Amazon. Well, how much money did you actually make through that last year? Was it like, you made literally $10 the entire year? Well, maybe that's not even worth your time to be putting up those affiliate links. Or maybe you made $10, but you know, they've been those links have been sitting there, you don't do anything, so no big deal. You can just leave that, right? What about one-on-one coaching? It might take quite a bit of effort to get one of those clients, but then you get a big influx of revenue every time you sell one. And maybe that actually becomes more profitable than selling, I don't know, one of your group programs or teaching an in-person class where you actually have to take all the time to go there. I don't know. It's different for every person, but it's really interesting to see, you know, this is how much money I made and this is how it broke down across all my products and services. You also might find that you're in a situation that you're offering a lot of different products and services, but only a couple of them are selling. And in that case, that might indicate to you, you know, maybe I don't need to have all these products and services. Maybe I can really focus my time and energy on these couple of things that are selling so that you can go further with those products rather than splitting your focus. So for last year, I want you to take a look at your total revenue, your revenue by product, and then finally your following on social media and on your email list. So what I would do is just make a list of from Google analytics, how many website visitors are you getting? your number of email subscribers, and then also your following on the social media sites that you focus on. So maybe that might be Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest, whatever it is. For these numbers, I really recommend writing them down in a place where you'll keep track of them so that next year you can come back and check on these numbers. This is always really cool because you tend to grow whether or not you try to do anything about it, if you're doing some sort of online content. And so it can be really cool next year to come back and be like, oh, wow, I only had, you know, this many email subscribers last year, but now I've got double that. And that can be a really good feeling. So definitely write this stuff down in a place where you can go back and look at it. So once you've taken a look at last year, I really like to take a minute to close out the year energetically. I know this is a little bit woo-woo, but I find that, you know, whether you had an amazing year or a frustrating year, we can kind of drag some of that stuff with us into the next year. Like we're not really thinking clearly because we're still hanging on to what happened last year. So this can be as simple as just closing your eyes and thinking about the last year and just saying thank you and like closing it out. Or you could do something like writing yourself a little letter or writing a short little summary. Just something to kind of energetically like say thank you to the year and close it out and get ready to start dreaming big and creating new, fresh plans for this coming year. Okay, so let's start planning the next year. Now, what people always want to do first is jump into the weeds and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do Facebook Lives every week, and then I'm going to create this new membership site. Okay, before we get into that level of detail, I want to start at the high level and reconnecting you with you, and why you're doing this work, and most importantly, your big vision. You know, as a business owner, if you don't know where you're going, if you don't know why you're doing this work, then how are you going to be able to create amazing things? You can't look to other people to tell you what you need to create, right? So I want you to take a minute to reconnect with that big vision for your business At a very high level, what is it that you want to create? You know, do you want to eventually create a charity or a nonprofit? Do you want to write a book? Do you want to be an international speaker? Do you want to work in schools? Do you want to give corporate workshops? Do you want to start a podcast? Do you want to run live events? What is it that you're dreaming about doing? And not even this year. I mean, just in general, long term. It might be this year. It might be in five years. Like, what is your big picture for your business? Now here, you can do this in different ways. You can draw a mind map. You could journal about it. You could create a vision board about it. Honestly, that doesn't matter. That's kind of like what works for you to really start to pull out, to draw out, to elaborate your vision you need to do that. What I like to do is do a mind map. So I just get a big blank sheet of paper and I'll just start like writing these different words and ideas that I have and kind of connecting them to each other. I also really like to do vision boards. Once I have a general idea of my big picture, I really like to make a vision board and I like to do it both like cutting out stuff and gluing it onto a paper like traditionally. But really these days, what I'm loving to do is use a tool like canva.com and create a digital collage. And then I take that collage and I set it as my desktop background on my computer. And for me, that's awesome because I'm always on my computer. So it's something that I see multiple times a day and it really connects me back with my big vision. So I want you to spend a little bit of time maybe 30 minutes, maybe an hour, really playing with that deep vision, feeling into it, you know, maybe closing your eyes and imagining like in real detail, what will it be like to be a published author? Imagine yourself giving talks on a stage or running retreats or whatever it is that you're dreaming about doing, like really feel into that and get aligned with that vision because that's going to fuel and direct what we actually create for you this year. Another final step that you might do still in this big picture vein is picking a word for the year or a theme for the year. So you can just brainstorm a few words and then come up with one that kind of sums up, you know, your theme for the year. So that might be something like in the past, I've had some of my themes for the year have been create in a year where I really wanted to create and and produce a lot of content and output and programs. One year when I still had my corporate job, my word was spacious because I really wanted my year to feel spacious and like I had enough time and space to do what I wanted because at that point in my life, I was feeling really like I had too much going on and too many time commitments. So that word was really calling to me. Your word can be whatever you want. So I just think it's kind of a nice way to sum up how you want to feel that year and what your theme is for the year. And you might want to put that onto your vision board as well. Okay, so now that we've got your big vision and you're more aligned with that, we're going to move into more of the nuts and bolts. So how do you actually turn this into a reality for an online business? So what are the pieces that you need to put in place to start turning this into a reality? Now, I have a system for this. It's called the Organic Growth System, and it's a five-step system that actually helps you to from finding the right people and bringing them to your website and then turning them into paying clients. This is the system that I've talked about before many times on this podcast. It's also reviewed in great detail in my book, which is called Well Wellprinter. That's available on Amazon in Kindle and print format. So we'll touch on that today here. But if you want to learn more about it, I really encourage you to get a copy of my book. So the first thing we want to do is look at the components that you have in your business already and or what needs to be created. So I'll take you through these major steps in the organic growth system. The first thing is that you need an email list. So as we go through this, you could just write down these steps and if you don't have some of them, then you'll wanna indicate that because you'll know that's something that you're going to want to create in the process of the next year so that you've got one of these, you've got a marketing system set up that will actually bring the right people to your website and then turn them into paying clients. So the first thing is the email list. Do you have an email list? The second thing is a free gift to get people on your email list. So maybe you have one and it's not working, or maybe you don't have one that's don't have one at all, or maybe you'd like to create another one for another niche that you're going after. Then the third component is content. So are you creating some sort of writing like a blog or videos or audio podcasts regularly to interact with your audience? The next component is actually having products and services and making offers. So do you have things to sell and do you regularly communicate with your email list? And then the final component is promotion. Do you have places like social media where you're regularly promoting your email newsletter, your products and services, your content? And are you actually doing that regularly? So those are the main components of the marketing system. And just at this point, just make a little note if you're really lacking in one of those areas, because we'll want to focus on that for your plan for the next year. Okay, so let's start off your plan by digging into your products and services. And we want to look at your products and services in terms of what you have now and also what you need to create. So what I want to start with is your revenue. So I want you to create a revenue goal, a really specific revenue goal for your business for the next year. what I, I don't want you to be like, oh, I want to make six figures because that is not a specific revenue goal. I want you to say, I want to make $100,000 revenue. I want to make $532,000 revenue. I want to make $23,000 revenue. Whatever it is, set a specific revenue goal and write it down. Then I want you to take a look at what you sold last year. So take a look at your products and services. Which ones made you the most money last year? Which ones took the most time? Which ones might not be selling at all? So you can start to get a sense of which of these products and services are something that you might want to continue in the next year and which ones might you want to end. Now, here's where we kind of bring them together. So if you have that revenue goal, say you wanted to make $100,000 in the next year, then we need to figure out based on your products and services, how are you going to get there? So if you were just selling one-on-one coaching and... You wanted to make $100,000 in the next year and your coaching program was $2,000 a person, then you'd need to get 50 one on one clients next year in order to hit that revenue goal. Now, that's fine. That could be possible. But to me, that sounds like a lot of work to have 50 one on one clients. I mean, you have to think about how am I going to find all those people? I mean, assuming that. You know, you can only close like a certain percentage of people that you meet. You'd need to be meeting probably a thousand people or, you know, at least several hundred people in order to be able to close that many clients. Plus, oh my gosh, do you have time to work with that many clients one-on-one? I mean, that I don't even know if that's possible, right? So this is the kind of steps that you want to go through is to say here's how much my products and services cost. This is what I have for sale now. This is the number that I want to reach. So how many of those would I have to sell to make my number? So if instead you might sell a $10,000 coaching program, then you'd only need to sell 10 of those to make your number. Or maybe you've still got your $2,000 program, but it turns into a group program so that you can have 10 people go through it in a small group at one time. That might be a lot more efficient. And then maybe you discover, you know, actually, I need to introduce a group program or a lower priced product or a membership or something else to help me reach that goal. So I can't tell you the answer for this, but play around with it a little bit. And I always advise that my clients come up with three different scenarios. So three different possible scenarios for how you could reach that number. And it might show you that you can keep the products and services you have. You might need to change your pricing or you might need to add new products and services. So just play around with those for a little bit and come up with three different scenarios of how you could hit your revenue goal. And if you feel like you don't know how you could do that, then come over into our Facebook group, the Wellpreneur community, and let's talk about it. So don't feel stuck. You can come over and we'll help you work it out. At the end of this process, I really want you to have your clear revenue goal and a plan that you like to get there. Let me tell you, if you cannot figure out how you're going to hit your revenue goal, you're not going to hit your revenue goal. Like nobody else is going to figure that out for you. Or if you look at your revenue goal and your plan and it makes you feel a bit sick to your stomach because it just feels impossible or like too much work or too overwhelming, then that is not the plan for you. So it's really important if you just do this part, just to set a revenue goal and figure out a breakdown of how you're gonna get there is gonna be hugely clarifying for you for the next year. Once you have that, I want you to move on to the other parts of your online business. So I want you to take a look first at your content that you're gonna create. So if we know we need to sell X amount of stuff next year, then we need to start to think about, well, so how are we going to inspire our community? How are we going to grow our audience and our reach so that we have people to sell this to? And the way to do that in an online business is through content creation. So that means are you going to be creating blogs or podcasts or videos on a regular basis to get people to know you and like you and trust you so that they're ready to work with you when you make an offer? Now, remember, you only need to pick one kind of content and you should pick the content that works the best for you. So if you hate writing, don't decide you're going to blog, right? That's just setting your, why Why make your life more complicated and difficult? Don't set yourself up for a lot of hard work you don't want to do. So if you love talking, you might want to start a podcast. If you love being on video and it's easy for you, just do videos. If you don't like being on camera, but you like writing, then write blogs. Just pick one of those routes and pick a frequency. So we're going to say, I'm in a blog and I'm in a blog once a week, or I'm in a blog every two weeks, something that feels really doable for you. And then depending on your frequency, like if you're going to release something once a week, you need 52 topics. And honestly, by making the list of 52 topics, it saves you so much time later in the year because you never get stuck with what to write about or what to do a video about. You just literally take the next item off your list and create it. So if you feel like going a bit further, you can go ahead and create the entire content calendar right now. But just I think the most important thing is to say is to make a commitment and say, this is what I'm going to create and this is how often I'm going to create it. The next piece that we're going to think about in the planning process is promotion. So when you have these pieces of content, when you've got products and services, where are you going to promote them so that your ideal client can find them? And this is a place where you just want to go as simple as possible. There are so many ways you could promote your business. You could do social media like Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest. You could do speaking opportunities. You could give workshops in person. You could write articles for magazines or the local newspaper. There's so many ways to promote your business. And let me tell you, you do not need to do them all. I would recommend just picking one or two that you're excited about doing that you feel like you can fit into your life and just committing to doing those. Now, the key in picking an effective place to promote is to think, where is my ideal client already hanging out? So you want to go where your client naturally is. I mean, if you decided that you love LinkedIn, but you're targeting stay-at-home moms, they're probably not on LinkedIn. So you'd have to do all this effort to convince them that LinkedIn is awesome and try to get them to come over there and try to get them to remember to come over regularly to hang out with you. I mean, why would you do that? It's just creating extra work, right? So you want to go where your ideal client already is. So that might be Pinterest. It might be Facebook. It might be local events. It might mean being a guest on specific podcasts, if they listen to that, whatever it is, just pick one or two of those ways that feel really doable for you. So for most of you out there listening, one of those ways is going to be Facebook or Instagram, one or the other, or maybe both, because those tend to be, I know a lot of you out there are targeting women and this tends to be, well, honestly, Facebook, like everybody's on Facebook, right? Right. But something like Instagram tends to be like a lot of women on there. And that can be a really good platform if it feels good for you. So, what I want you to do, in addition to committing to the content you're going to create, is really committing to your two, like one or two promotional platforms that you're really going to go after in the next year. Okay, now here's where it gets fun I want you to make a grid of the months of the year. And across the top, I want you to write your revenue goal for the next year. And then what I want you to do is we're actually going to block it out into like a month-by-month high-level plan. This is where it really starts to get real. So the easiest thing to do is if you have your revenue number for the year, just divide it by 12 and put the same amount of revenue in every single month of the year to start. You might want to do this in pencil or something or just on a big piece of paper so that you have room to scratch it out and adjust as we're working and and playing with your plan. I like to think of it as just playing with this and coming up with something until it feels good and it feels like a click, like it's the right plan for you. So you've got your revenue across the top. We're going to break it down by month. So you're going to make X amount of revenue every month. And I want you to start thinking about what's the rhythm of your year going to look like? You can start actually with your personal things. So if you know you're getting married or having a baby or a moving house, put that in because that month, that means you probably might not be able to work that much. If you know you're taking a big vacation or a trip, you might want to put that in because you know you can't work as much. Or say the summer and you've got little kids and they're at home during the summer and you know that you don't have quite as much time, that might not be the best time to launch a new product in that case. So put in your personal stuff first so you get a sense of your personal rhythm for the year. And then I want you to think about your products and programs. And so is there something new that's going to be launching? You know, when you look at a product or service or program, there's different phases of it. There's the creation phase where you're actually building out that thing, where you're writing the book, where you're creating the program. Then there's the launching phase where you're selling it. And then there's the running phase where you're actually Executing on the thing where you're running the program, where you're working with the clients while you're running the retreat. And each of those requires like a different amount of energy and time, and also is going to influence the revenue that you bring in. Right. So I want you to have a look at your year and say, okay, based on what I came up with before, so I need to sell X amount of this product. How is that going to fit into my year? You know, and start mapping it out. So maybe in January, you're doing a big sale for a program that's going to run in February. And then maybe also during February, you start looking for one-on-one clients that you'll be working with over the next three months. It's going to be different for every person, but I find this exercise extremely helpful. And honestly, if you do nothing else from this entire exercise, even if you skipped over the products and services breakdown, which I totally recommend, this is going to give you so much clarity because it's a reality check. And you'll probably start to see like, Oh, actually, I can't bring in the same amount of revenue every month. Or there's a couple months in here where I'm not really going to be able to work very much. So I need to put emphasis in other months. Now, something that I see that's a common mistake goes two ways. Either wellpreneurs try to front load everything. So they're like going to launch all their programs right at the first of the year to try to get the most revenue possible. That tends to be pretty unrealistic. Unless you've already got everything created, right? You're not going to be able to create and launch everything all at one time. The other thing I see people doing is pushing it off way to the end of the year. So they spend the entire year creating and building and writing and nurturing their audience. And then they think they're going to sell this immense amount in November and December to make all their year's revenue. That's not really realistic either. And let me tell you, you're going to get totally stressed out when you get to that point of next year. So don't put that on yourself. That's the benefit of doing this exercise now is I really like to call it the rhythm of the year. You can see how the year is going to flow out. So you can start to have expectations about when do you need to do more work? When are you allowed to, you know, when are you giving yourself a break and going to have to take your foot off the gas a little bit? You'll really get a sense of how are you going to make those numbers? And that can help you realize, you know, is there some place where I need to get some help or I need to get some more training or I need to get an assistant or something to help you actually reach those numbers? You might actually go back and change your numbers at this point to fit it into your year to something that feels really good for you. Now, if you want to go even a step further, to me, this monthly chunked out planning is really like that's the, the working plan for your year. But I know sometimes It's helpful to go a step further and be like, okay, if this is what I'm going to do in the month, then how am I actually going to make that happen? One strategy that I really like to do is by time blocking during the week. So what I mean by that is that you take a look based on your plan of what are the big tasks you need to do on a regular basis. So for example, you're going to need to create content. You're going to need to create programs. You're going to need to do some marketing. You're probably going to need to work with clients and you're going to need to do some admin stuff. So those are just like some high level buckets that I think will apply to many of us. So when are you going to do that? So I find it really helpful in my schedule to look at blocks of time. So typically now that I'm completely on my own schedule, I look at mornings and afternoons. So I would map out a week. So I just put the days of the week out there on a calendar and I put my two time blocks. So I've got morning and afternoon each day of the week. And I'm going to decide what am I going to do in each of those time chunks. And you don't have to block out each of them, but I want to make sure that my key activities that need to get done are blocked in. So for example, I used to know that every Monday morning I was gonna release a blog post. Every Tuesday is dedicated to working with clients. Every Wednesday morning was dedicated to working on my strategic projects or my programs that I was creating. And every Friday morning was dedicated to admin. And every Friday afternoon, I used to have like an artist date with myself. This was my old schedule that worked really well for me for several years. Now, when I had my corporate job, That was totally different because I had different time chunks. My time chunks then were like in the train on the way to work. So that was one chunk. I had evenings and then I had Saturdays and those were like my working days. And sometimes I would do like lunchtime at work. I could use as a work block. So obviously then like my blocking schedule looked totally different, but the components that went into it were the same. I still needed to find time for content. I needed to find time for clients. I needed to find time for admin. So if you want to go this step further, I'd really encourage you to look at what are those key activities that have to get done to bring your plan into reality? And then where can you block those in at the same time every week? I can't tell you how hugely time-saving this is. And also it just completely cuts through overwhelm. The worst thing to do is to sit down for work in the morning and be like, hmm, what should I work on? And then look in your inbox, right? This is like the recipe for doing so much more work than you need to that's not actually moving you towards your goals. So if instead you know that you have to release a new piece of content every Monday, then you might block out time every Thursday to create that content right? And then it's just done. You just know that every Thursday morning, that's a standing date in your calendar. That's what you need to do. What if you could only work with clients on Tuesdays? That's what I do now. I just work with clients and do interviews on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And the rest of my week, I don't have any meetings or phone calls, which is so amazing. It took me a while to get there, but that has been really important for me so that I could do things like actually write my well printer book. I can't do that type of deep work if I'm jumping in and out of phone calls every other hour, right? So I need those chunks of time. It's going to be different for you, but I'd really encourage you to think about what are those tasks that have to get done to move your business forward and blocking those in for the week. So there we have it. At a high level, I really want you to take a look at your revenue and having a clear revenue goal, having a plan for how you can get there. Just something as simply as I'm going to sell these things and this is how many of them I need to sell. And then breaking it down month by month to see what's the rhythm of your year look like? How are you going to get there? If you do those three things you are going to be so much more clear and focused and on task and experiencing so much better results this year because you'll know that you're taking the steps in the direction of actually achieving your big vision. I'd encourage you to write down this plan someplace where you can access it regularly. I like to keep mine in Evernote, but also I like to write down that monthly plan on a paper that I hang on my bulletin board right by my computer so I can really keep in touch with what is my priority and my goals for this month. If you'd like to go further with this planning process for your next year, I'd encourage you to check out my book, which is called Wellpreneur, and that's available on Amazon. As always, I'll put all these links to everything in the show notes and don't forget about our Facebook community. It's called the Wellpreneur Community Group on Facebook. And we would be happy to jump in there and talk about planning for your next year and get you unstuck if you're feeling stuck anywhere on your plan. I'm sure the people in there are super creative and have had lots of success in their own wellness businesses. And we can help you figure out a plan that will work for you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. You can get all the links to everything we talked about in the show notes at wellpreneur.com. And if you'd like to go further and make a detailed 12-month marketing plan for your business, hop onto your local Amazon site and search Wellpreneur Planner. That's my 12-month marketing planner for wellness businesses to help you create a plan that is not only effective in bringing the right people to your website and turning them into paying clients, but that fits into your life. It's really good stuff. And I'd love if you'd use it to plan your year. Okay. That's it for me this week. So I'll see you back here very soon with our next episode.